Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone, welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I'm Eric. And I'm Jason. We hope you're all doing great out there. Absolutely. I'd like to welcome you guys back to another edition of Pardon the Intermission, where we talk about movies, TVs, pop culture, and geek out about everything in between as well. Yes, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and also check out our social media. That would be a Jim Dandy idea. Yeah, we, we're uh, posting a lot of stuff up there. Uh, we're yep. on uh, X, formerly Twitter, at uh, PTI underscore podcast, Dan. And we're on Meta, the artist formerly known as Facebook, <laughs> at Pardon the Intermission. Yeah, it's going to get crazy. We're going to say we're on this, formerly known as that, which was known as this one time, and then people call it this one. Which <laughs> used to be that, but now has gone back to this. I know. Oh, make I, up your minds. Oh, that'd be, you know, we need to do uh, uh, an app. We could say uh, yeah. it was called this or something, or, you know, it was called that. Uh, okay, yeah, but do we want to title it that? Or That's what I mean. We'll okay. call it, yeah, we'll call the app like this or that. Oh, you're onto yeah. something there. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 I like that. All well, right. I'm going to post on this or that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can you be any more ambiguous than yeah. that? That would be pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Hey, we got some, uh, we got a great show, but we got we some uh, interesting news here. Um, there's problem in yes. La La Land. Oh, with, uh, like, oh boy, is there problems well, ever? <laughs> there's always problems in La La Land. That's true. Yeah. Tinseltown, the land of broken dreams. Yeah. But I guess all these United Strikers are not so united anymore. No. No, we have dissension within the ranks, Eric. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're starting to see the old adage. Have you heard the old quote, too many captains and not enough privates? Yeah. Well, that's, I think, I best. Know, sorry, my mind went somewhere else. I'm <laughs> sure it did. And I don't know. I'm not going to ask if you were don't watching ask. Showtime after dark don't before ask. I came I'll, over. I'll post but... it on X. I'll post it on <laughs> right. X. Let's keep it there. Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> So yeah, what we're talking about here is a couple of a uh, couple of prominent uh, entertainers, actors, actresses, whatnot, are starting to feel a little bit of the heat from this strike in regards to the heat that is making their wallets a little hotter. Yeah, and in specific, I'm talking about a story that I saw earlier this week involving Drew Barrymore. We all mm. know who she is. Yeah, uh, she decided to restart her uh, popular talk show amid the strikes. And as a result, she drew a lot of criticism from her fellow artists on the other side of the aisle. Now, Drew Barrymore does insist uh, that by doing this show, she said in a statement, and I quote, I own this choice and that the show would also be, quote unquote, in compliance with not discussing or promoting film and television that is struck of any kind. The Writers Guild of America goes on to say that the show itself is, quote, struck, meaning union members are prohibited from working on it. The WGA also subsequently said that it will pick at any struck shows that are in production during the strike and also adding, quote unquote, any writing on the Drew Barrymore show is in violation of WGA strike rules. And then, of course, as we know, other popular talk shows have paused, including like Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Fallon's show. Yeah. Uh, for example, they have paused their um, the Tonight Show. The Tonight Show. And, um, they paused their production late schedule. Late night with Kimmel yeah. or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah Jim, we don't care about him. Yeah, uh, but they're all airing reruns to make up for that t- loss, the time lost in the uh, in the slot there. Well, they do have a new uh, podcast though that they, they created do. that's taking their time up. But uh, yes, <laughs> that. Well, they got to do something, right? Uh, yeah. No, I'm just laughing because you heard it, right? We we I both kind of listened to it. I was like, hmm, yeah, this I know. is interesting. Little, yeah, interesting. And yeah. so, yeah. What anyway. makes, well, yeah, what makes the story interesting, what I thought made it interesting is that we are now starting to see a lot of the, some of these actors starting to cave in here a little bit 
and they're realizing, okay, this was really good for the first couple of months, but now I got to get back out there and make money. Well, again. yeah, I mean, it's not only, and, here's the deal though. It's not only affecting just the writers or just the actors. I mean, you got people that work on these shows that yeah. their whole livelihood depends and they don't, they do not get paid what some of these writers or actors do. Now, I understand True. not all writers and True. actors get top money, just like in every p- profession. Yeah. But but a lot of these guys, too, though, these entry-level positions, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, these guys that are working on the shows, they don't get paid big bucks at all, and they're still living down there, and they still have bills to pay. Right. And they're not striking, <clears throat> so they get no benefit from this, essentially. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, and so I think what happens is you're kind of, you're seeing the heat, like people that have their own shows, like Drew Barrymore, and one we didn't mention here um, that we will now is Bill Maher. He's another one in this group that uh, apparently he's pissed off Keith Overman, who says, F you, Bill Maher. F you, Bill For Maher. bringing real time back. So yeah, Bill Maher right. wants to bring uh, real time back, and Keith mm-hmm. Overman has a problem with it, but... Um, yeah, you know, that's the thing. These people, uh, people on their crew, they need to get back up and running. <laughs> they do. And not only that, you know, you have a story that we'll get to in a minute about, yeah. you know, they're going to be in big trouble, uh, not just for these shows, but for a lot of, of series and stuff. If they don't get going yeah. now, mm-hmm. they won't be ready next year to run. I mean, we're talking, this that's is going to affect all of 2024. That Yeah. And when you also factor in that major studios are planning their production schedules years in advance. Yeah. Yeah. They don't do this on a whim, folks. They don't do this daily or weekly in daily or weekly meetings with uh, catered Starbucks coffee from DoorDash in a meeting room. This stuff is planned out years in advance because they have to plan out their budgets years in advance. Yeah. You know, and so that is why this is a major, major burgeoning issue here. Well, going back to like Drew and, and like Bill Maher now, a lot of their these shows, they mm-hmm. don't, you know, they do have maybe writers for opening monologues, but yeah. they really don't have to depend on writers because a lot of them are guest-driven shows. Yes. And even <clears throat> if they can't interview uh, other actors they mm-hmm. could still interview other people from you know the entertainment community or just sure. from any any you know any profession essentially yeah you know, i think drew barrymore was basically like a talk show wasn't she like like kind of a, a oprah-esque kind of sit down interview talk show yeah kind of kind yeah. of an oprah-esque sit down talk also kind of like um uh who am i thinking of almost kind of like uh you remember craig ferguson's late late show yeah yeah craig ferguson. kind of like craig ferguson i was thinking phil donahue let's go way back do you remember phil donahue i remember phil donahue <laughs> that haircut still scares the hell out of me yeah but he, he was more he actually wasn't more i mean he did sit down in interviews but he but he was he a little did. more controversial than yeah Drew. but but point being is that they don't need to necessarily have the writers to do it so right. you know i i think you know, I, a lot of people are pissed at her, you know, for doing this. The uh, Writers Guild is like, listen, if you, you know, the, it says right here, then a tweet, they said, uh, the at this is at Drew Barrymore TV, they're stating, show is a WGA covered struck show. So they're saying it's a covered show. See, I don't know how that exactly works. So does that mean that, you know, that if they had a writer mm-hmm. and then they're on strike, that that show is considered struck? Like, in other words, you, there's no way you can get out of it. I mean, she's saying that mm. she's she'll take the blame. She made the decision. Okay. But, but she she's covered, you know, that she doesn't – that doesn't affect her. And these guys are saying, no, it does, right? So, well, it doesn't cause affect wh- her because she's not a member of WGA. She's but a member what is, of what does it say right here? It says uh, – what were we – let's see. What were we looking at when she said that – in a statement, she said, I own this choice mm-hmm. that the show would be in compliance – with not discussing or promoting film. Okay, so she's saying 
that her show is not going to be discussing film mm, or television. promoting film or television <laughs> that is struck of any kind. But the WGA is saying that her show is a struck show. So I don't because know. Because it uses WGA it's, employees. The yeah, writers I mean, it's of like, the show. Well, I don't know. Who, who do you, yeah. So, and see, this is what's problematic about this. Okay. But, but, but let's say like, okay, like we know other companies that not necessarily the the, the entertainment industry, but other, other yeah. places that have strikes, right? If you have like right. a, a trucker's union or something, a teacher's union that go on strike. Sure. This, I mean, this, they, the, the idea of a strike is you're trying to keep people out and keep them from pr- producing anything, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, the company's object is to still move on. I mean, if it's a teacher, you, you just have, you hire scabs to teach the kids, right? Yeah. They call them scabs. I mean, people yeah. cross the picket line mm-hmm. to do the job. Yeah. So <clears throat> what would it be any different than in these shows? I mean, even though they would have scabs come in and work on it, but you could say that. But I mean, why wouldn't they still be able to do a show? You see what I mean? It's kind of, it's a big gray area is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a big gray area, very blurred. I get what you're saying, but also my thought is this, okay? And here's what has me curious, all right? One of the things that has me curious. She says that she doesn't plan to have any WGA-employed writers. Well, is she going to write all the content herself? And if she does write all the content herself, does yeah. that constitute her as being WGA or under WGA? Not rules? if she's not a writer, no. or if she's not a, if she's not involved in the union at all as okay. a writer. Like if she was a if she was considered a writer, <laughs> okay. on her own show, okay. and she was part of that union. Yes. Okay. So then, okay, you got you answered that one. So here's problem number two for me. All right, what the hell is she going to discuss if she can't discuss film and television? Well, that's she, what I'm saying. She could pull in anybody. I mean, she can discuss health. She could have you know. I don't know. She could do anything. Like, you know how Oprah had like a variety of people on, right? They could talk about books. People have written authors. She could have people from the music industry. She could okay. have, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be, I, I don't really watch her show anyway, so I don't know what she talks about on her show. But eventually the guest list is going to get few and far between. And I don't honestly, think so, who, because trust me, there's a lot of experts out there in all kinds of fields that love to talk about their... Oh, I know. I see them on social media 4,000 times a day. Exactly. We might yes. have to ask, actually, maybe we could write yeah. to her show and say, hey, we'll, we'll be Let's on your show. Let's do it. A PTI podcast. Uh, Let's do it. Eric P- and Jason PTI live in. from the Drew Barrymore we show. We want to be interviewed yeah. by her show. Oh, yeah. I'll do it. Seriously. I'll put out, I'll send out an email. How to did her. you guys get into podcasting? Right. Uh, yeah. Well, it's a long story, Drew. Yeah. Uh, it's a long story. We just <laughs> said, let's do it. We just said, let's do it. Do it now. Couple, had a couple microphones. Yeah. Yes. Do it now. Do it now, Drew. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, I, no, I, I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot of other people out of the outside of the entertainment industry is what I was getting at that she could talk got to. You. Okay. That, that, politicians, that could, politicians, right? politicians could be one. Sure. I mean, okay. There, there's a ton of other industries out there that she could talk to people. Athletes. There you go. Sports athletes. Yeah. So I I think her show could go on and she doesn't necessarily need writers. And Bill Maher is the same way. He talks about politics mostly on his show. Yeah. The only time he needs the writers is really when they kind of do the monologue in the beginning, you know, and he kind of does his little. That's true. uh, Comedic monologue. Otherwise, you're just, you know, talking to people and discussing these political issues. So he really doesn't need. You know, so I don't see anything wrong. I mean, in a way, I don't know. I'm kind of I don't know. I'm kind of here's the deal. I'm kind of torn. You know, but at the same time, I'm kind of torn, but here's, I'm going to pull up this story right now. Maybe this is a good time to bring this in. I'm kind of torn, but here's a story I have. Yeah. You know, you know how Universal Studios, they have the Halloween Horror Nights. It's a big deal, you know, where people pay extra money, tickets go down there at nighttime and they have all these walkthrough houses and they're themed with different shows and like Stranger Things or different movies. Yeah, then you have employees, cast members, I'm sorry, who are decked out in costumes. Scary costumes. Scary actors, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they come out and they they do this. Okay, so here's the funny thing. So at Universal, when this, this is actually a little bit older story uh, from last week, but 
It says WGA. This this is from uh, uh, where is this from? Oh, PiratesandPrincesses.net. They got great great <laughs> content by the way. If you guys want to check them out, I'll check but it out. Uh, WGA <clears throat> striking writers leaflet guest at Universal Studios Hollywood's uh, Halloween Horror Nights. So in other words, as people, the stories about as people were walking into the Horror Nights. They these people from the WGA are handing out leaflets. Oh, you're kidding! No, and it even had right here. It even tells you. It says it even has on Twitter. They pulled up a uh, wow, somebody made that. a copy of it. And it says Halloween Horror Nights uh, and uh, Days for the WGA. You want to and here this is this is the actual flyer that they're handing out. This is what it's saying. You want to know what's really scary? Universal and other major studios have kept us from working over 125 days, unwilling to make a deal. <laughs> And fairly compensate writers. Now, here, here, here's my problem. This is why I was kind of hesitating a little bit a few minutes ago, a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. is because to me, here's the deal. You've got p- customers of Halloween Horror Nights going in here. Have, they have nothing to do with this strike, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. okay, you're trying to get your message out. And at the same time, I'm thinking, wait a minute. You have these scare actors and people that are working in a park that are probably making minimum wage. <clears throat> yeah. And you've got these guys that are out there striking that they want like $8,000 a week. Yeah right Mm -hmm. that they're striking for i'm like Mm -hmm. wait what's fair about this you know what i mean i mean i understand you're out of work but first off you're 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 upsetting the customers going in right Right. i mean you're kind of like handing these leaflets out i mean i don't want to see that stuff and i'm going and try to enjoy myself i paid you know probably a hundred bucks a ticket to get into this thing right right right? yeah and then at the same time what about all the 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 poor (laughs) actors that are working in there that aren't going to be writers and they're just making minimum wage you know, who's thinking about True. them? Why don't they strike for them, too, and, and get their wages brought and up? And why don't uh, people strike for those people who are striking for them? And <laughs> so, then why don't those people but, strike but, for those people who are striking for those people? But, I mean, do you, you understand know? what I'm saying? Yeah. Is that What I was getting at is my point from earlier was that yeah. it's kind of hard to feel sorry for them when they're kind of doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, okay, this is kind of yeah. crossing the line, I guess, is ultimately what I'm getting at. This, is, ver- this is very similar to walking up to a Walmart and having uh, peop- two people stand out in front of the main entrance with big cardboard uh, signs that say, don't shop at Walmart because they you they sell uh, eggs that were uh, fertilized by chickens who were slaughtered in a hen house or something mm-hmm. like that. They tr- it's a one large bleeping guilt trip is what it is. Yeah. And look, I'm not chastising these people for for picketing for striking they're doing what they believe what they're what they're um they're they're doing what they believe is right well do, do they cross it well about. here's the deal if you're going to pick it though you pick it the <clears throat> studios universal studios theme park is not really a studio though right it's not a studio but it was so, built onto the studio yes yeah, so it was built so you could you could like when people are coming in and out of the studio for work yes you know or the <clears throat> producers or whoever those gates you can go you know, strike at, but, but people that are coming in for the theme park aspect, <clears throat> to me, I'm like, eh, that's a little, that's kind of pushing, that's crossing the okay, line. Okay, but here's the thing, though. What makes Universal Studios like different from, say, Disneyland is that um, does the Universal Studios uh, movie studios do they make all of the income from ticket sales at the theme park version, or is there a separate theme park version from just the studio? So, in other words, is there a theme park version of Universal Studios that makes its own income, whereas the movie studio makes its own income off movie? and television shows you see what i'm saying so you're saying because because of the the people coming in like from watching straight or going into the stranger things haunted house or whatever yes. let's say yes yeah, i see what you're saying so is that, there a theme park division of universal so that, studios that, as since well? that's making money off which essentially made money off of the tv show that right. the writers were involved in right there you that, go there's the connection okay because right, I, if, I can if, see that if that is the, if that is the case and that is a different slice of pie mm. then in that case then i can understand why they would be doing this 
Let me ask you this though. So yes. okay, so even if that's the case, and let's say okay, they've got a good point here. Yeah. You as a customer walking into Halloween Horror Nights, are you going to yes. have any sympathy for these striking writers that when you're trying when you paid a hundred and something mm-hmm. a ticket and you're trying to walk into the theme park to mm-hmm. enjoy, you know, the night uh, Halloween Horror Nights there uh, with your family? Are you yeah. gonna Are you gonna be uh, you know like uh, sympathetic to the writers? You're gonna be like, listen, this isn't the place. Get out of my face. You know what I mean? I'm only gonna be sympathetic towards the writers when I can't watch season three of Star Trek: Strange <laughs> New Worlds. All right, seriously. You, you took that. You took that to the whole different place. I Matt. did. I went there. All but, right. But I'm just saying, as, as a customer, <laughs> would, would that affect you? What I, the other point would be that it, mm-hmm. you know people are going to feel actually more upset at the writers for yes. basically you know that would for basically messing up their night. I mean, okay. So so I, okay. To, so to get back to answer your question, no. As a paying customer, I would not initially feel bad that I was either uh, supporting a group that doesn't want to uh, give appropriate pay to the Writers Guild of America. Okay. Also, I would need to gather more information about what they are picketing and why they're picketing Mm. before I can feel bad about spending my hard-earned money, my hard-earned money, in a place that was designed to bring people in for this type of uh, for this type of entertainment. You know. It also says in this thing here, the rides and attractions you will be enjoying tonight are based. Oh, that's what you said. We should have read a little bit more. There, see, right there was on the movies something. and television uh, uh, series that were that created were created by, by the writers. writers. And yes. that's why I was asking: Is there a separate theme park division that makes its own money, mm. or does it all get shelled out to Universal Studios itself? That right there insinuates to me, Eric, that that money made from Universal Studios theme park gets funneled back into Universal Studios itself. Well, I'm yeah, I'm sure it does. I mean, I, I I'm sure um, that the that the money kind of goes into the pool, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. it's not separated, and, okay. and and you're right about that. Yes, mm-hmm. okay, but at the same time, I I don't know, I I don't know. I think as a customer, I I would not want to be involved in this. You know what I mean? In other okay. words, I, I to me it doesn't. If I were to walk to Universal, if I got a ticket to Universal Horror Nights, yeah, and I'm walking in, and you know heck no we won't go and you know they're like hey take a flyer and you know go riders or whatever yeah right i'm like okay i'd be like i'd be cool with them i'd be like oh okay but you know to me i i would wouldn't feel any other way it doesn't change my mind at all it's more of a harassment i think than okay. than it would change my mind to say to walk into there and say you know guys i think you should really support those riders out there because you know i walked through the stranger things haunted house and yeah right no kidding and had a great time saw vecna and he scared to poop out of me right saw vecna yeah <laughs> you know but okay so i you know so i i don't know that's what i mean it's kind of like eh, it's kind of it, it, it's, it's kinda, hard I'm on, I'm on the fence on this one i, I can know. tell you are i can tell you're you're really uh teeter-tottering there between Be, because like yeah. i said there there's we got we got we'll, we'll get to the story here that other story you had just a second leading up to it here though yeah so we got we have you know, shows that are trying to get going because you've got yeah. people that are not in the writer's guild that are losing money big time and they have bills yes. to pay too and they can't work. They're not getting anything. Yes. Then we have, you know, like I said, them coming out and kind of people that are now at the theme park. Yeah. You know, they're kind of, at least, this was just at Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, let me make that clear. I, I haven't heard of anything happening no. for people just walking into the regular theme park. Right. Just this particular event. But the other thing that it's going to affect, which you had this story, is I'll let you take this one. Go oh, ahead. Oh, this is huge. When I saw this, my eyeballs popped out of my sockets. So there was a, mo- a story I saw on a website called tvline.com about how, according to one uh, Hollywood expert, strikes must be settled, according to this individual, by October 1st 
in order to salvage the scripted TV season. This is from a Fox boss. So somebody who works for the system that is being struck against. Mm. And so looking at this article, going a little bit further here, uh, as we see... You want uh, me to go down? Yeah, scroll down a little bit, please. Um, here we go. So... Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, to quote this article, it says here, you're going to get to a point in the fall, in the late fall. Which is here, which is, which, I mean, September, October. Exactly, right. Yeah. Where it's going to be very hard to launch scripted shows within the traditional TV viewing season, uh, who was, which was said to um, the sister site Deadline. And also goes on to say that if the strikes are not resolved or are resolved later than October 1st, that's where difficult scheduling decisions will have to be made. That means that delayed scripted shows could work and succeed in the summer of 2024. Great. Or, quote, if it's better to wait for the fall and use football and sports to promote a scripted seasons, we'll do that. So essentially, the longer this thing goes on, I mean, it's not just the fact that all of a sudden, immediately, they walk back into the mm-hmm. writer's room and everything kicks back up and right. we got new TV shows popping out, right? Right, uh, exactly. It's not going to happen. No, this is real. This is getting really it's detrimental. Could ha- not, it could not happen possibly till they're saying later right. in 2024. Right. Like towards the end of, I mean, during the holiday season. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And then, and yeah, and yeah, like I said, this is huge. And the suggestion they were making about filling all of the vacant spots or slots by adding sports into those slots. Well, when Mm. you think about the winter sports, Eric, what are the two main sports that are played during the winter? Well, obviously football. We know the National Football League, college football are there. Uh, The NBA starts its season in October, but nobody cares about the NBA. Its TV ratings have slid precipitously over the last 10 years. The NFL and college football already have exclusive media rights deals with these major networks, with Fox, CBS, NBC, ESPN, Amazon Prime, and uh, Hulu, okay? There is no way that these these streaming partners are going to be able to pry those contracts away from the National Football League and from the NBA Mm -hmm. as well because the TV media rights deals they have, Eric, are not only exclusive – meaning that they can't be bought out by anybody else. They are multi-million dollar, multi-year deals. The NFL is currently in, I think, year five of a 12-year exclusive media rights deal with wow. Fox, NBC, and CBS. Okay. Same thing with the NBA. The National Hockey League also, I might add, starts its sports season in, uh, I think, mid to late October, shortly after the NBA does. Okay. Point being, Eric, is that if these jokers think they can pry meaningful winter sports into those slots that they think people are going to watch, they have another thing coming. Because the minute they go to the NFL and go up to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and say, hey, we want to stick a couple of more NFL games into these slots, well, Roger Goodell's going to say, well, you know what? We already have our 17-game schedule already pre-planned and mapped, not only for this year but next year as far as who is going to air our our product, when it's going to air, and how many viewers are going to see it. Okay. That's going to be very difficult for these guys to to do. It'll be next to impossible. Yeah. And if you think you can get past the bo- past the barrier of a three hundred and seventy eight million dollar annual TV contract guaranteed to the league and through revenue sharing with other teams, that's something else that's going to be affected. Because if they were if they try to violate that contract with the NFL that they have with their media rights deals, the owners are the National Football League. You think Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys and Stan Kroenke of the LA Rams are going to want to, want to deal with these TV studio execs to try and pry their already prearranged money out of their hands? Ain't going to happen. Yeah. Ain't, and there's no way that these studios can afford to pay these sports leagues 300 million plus 
when their half of their employees are on strike. Well, and you and you also had another article. I don't have it up here, but um, it was uh, it was one we had a while ago. We hadn't talked about. Let me just see if I can get it real quick. Basically, it was this one here where yeah. uh, it says Warner. But ta- speaking of money, Warner Brothers oh and Discovery says ongoing strikes will mean three hundred to five hundred million to hit the twenty twenty three earnings, and that's about as much money as the National Football League and NBA and the NHL rack up in their revenue. Wow, days. that is a major loss. So if you just, I mean, you don't even need to do math on this one. If they're going to lose that much, according to this Warner Brothers boss. You really think they're going to be able to recoup that much to get sports in those time slots? Uh-uh, mm. Eric. You don't even have to do the math on that one to know it doesn't match up. That one is, plus one does not add to two. That is crazy. You know, it, I, I wonder what is going to be... You know, we've had writer strikes and actor strikes yes. before in the past, but you yes. got it. But but at the same time, we've only had back then. Even if we did, I can't remember when the last one was. If we did have cable, I mean, you still had limited access. Right. You had your your big main, you know, TV players. You know, ABC, CBS, NBC. Yes. And then if you did have cable, like I said, you had some offshoot channels, but yeah. nothing like the streaming that we have today. My point is this. I mean. Is this thing, you know, now that we're more and more talking about it, I'm wondering if it's almost unrecoverable. Like, in other words, if this strike is actually going to do more damage to everyone with all the streaming services and they're hurting. We talked about Disney Plus. I just showed you, you didn't believe me, Disney Plus right now, you can get three months of Disney Plus for $1.99 a month That is for three months. That is asinine. Yeah, because they're losing streamers. <laughs> they're lo- right. They're losing streamers. I mean, it is so bad mm-hmm. that they're giving it to you for a dollar. All of that content that Disney... Now, that is the ad, that's the ad version okay. of Disney+. Yeah. Plus. It's not the ad-free, but still... All I mean, I never would have thought that Disney would have went down to a but any of those deals, a buck ninety nine, yes, for and, three months. And now see, now here's here now look, if I'm a member of the WGA and I'm on strike and I'm reading articles like this and the Hollywood Reporter that we just uh, referenced here, especially from the Warner Brothers boss, uh, I'm very very excited by this because if you have top executives now publicly stating how much money they are going to lose, that means these guys are really now starting to sweat some bullets here. And so if I'm, are they though? Well, and, and, I, and this is what I bring up because didn't Warner Brothers didn't this guy uh, just get rid of and he even he even claimed it was for tax reasons he got rid of a bunch of movies he, Batgirl and a bunch of and, movies yeah and by the way this Warner executive we're re- we're referencing folks is David Zasloff yeah who's been the CEO for of Warner for I think almost a decade yeah so he knows what he's well, doing and they just took over HBO right they HBO took over Max. HBO Max yeah but uh, yeah again because if this is true if there's any truth or validity to what David Zasloff is saying in this article if I'm a striking WGA member I'm rubbing my hands and I'm saying oh good these guys are getting you ready think, to cave you in. would think so. They're but getting ready to cave in. But that's what I'm saying. You know, they may use this. First off, th- this may create a, a, a tidal wave where it, it wipes out a lot of a lot of the streamers where they can't afford it. Right? It could. It could. So some yeah. of the studios may get wiped out or get gobbled up. Yeah. I would hate to see that because I my my idea of it is it's not better if we have mm-hmm. one company owning everything. I mean, I think there should be multiple companies that way. You get a whole you know kind of a whole yeah. uh, pool yeah. of entertainment to pick from and you're not just stuck with whatever right, right? right that's how it was when we had just the three broadcast uh major broadcast companies abc cbs and yeah, nbc and the funny know. thing is we still have those three major broadcasters well yeah we'll, we'll see <laughs> for how much form. longer i mean you saw yeah. i don't know if you saw the article too that's another thing disney i mean they're in big trouble they're yep. off they're trying to offload their abc brand to like new i think it was next star is that Next, the one? Yeah, they the one, were, the one that bought the the CW. Who was that? Was that Next Star? No, that was Paramount. I think. 
I think it was next star. Was it next star? Okay, yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah. it's a it's a, it's a, a parent company of Paramount. I don't. It, know. I it don't could know. be. I think yeah, so. I'm, yeah, I'm getting so confused now. I mean, right, I'm so saying. am I. Our heads are spinning. But that's here, what I mean. Literally. It's just like one 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 bigger fish <laughs> right. is gobbling up the little, and it's another bigger comes, and pretty soon you just have one huge big fish, right? Yeah, yeah. But my point is this: is that it, this, they may use this as a way to kind of get rid of all the dead weight. Is what I'm I can see at. that too. Okay, I can, so so, the so they're studios, using it as leverage, is what the you're studios, saying. Studios, I'm, I'm, you know, instead of them like the the strikers, maybe you're right. They may be rubbing their palms together, saying, "Hey, this is just where we want them." But then yeah. maybe the the studios are also saying, "This is just where we want it because yeah. we can we can get rid of all the dead weight, tax write off, do all that, and that, then and then kind of rebirth ourselves and get rid of and and start trimming everything down." That's a distinct the, possibility. This is what a lot of companies did in COVID. Yeah, um, you know, they downsized and used that as excuse and got rid of a lot of the in their company was able to trim it down right yes that well yeah google and facebook were two of those companies that resorted to similar methods here's another so so that that's going on there so i don't know mm-hmm. my 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 question was this so I, what i was bringing that up for those yeah. that yeah what what is this going to mean ultimately i mean this could really rock the uh, the whole entertainment world i mean you know you think it's just the writers and the actors mm-hmm. but ultimately i mean this could cause a lot it could be a good thing could be a bad thing mm-hmm. i don't know but it could really rock a lot of these studios in the mm-hmm. whole entertainment world and it could also eventually lead to a massive restructuring of the um hierarchy in hollywood now i don't know anything about how the hierarchy is structured but where i'm going with this is that this could also eventually lead to um, a situation where Hollywood studios are forced to rely more on arbitration uh, to settle situations like this. And they're also forced to rely more on taking a hard, closer look at how their front, about how their executive offices are arranged. Because the guys that are, people like David Zasloff, these are businessmen. They're mm, not movie yeah. men. They don't have experience in the movie industry. Well, no, it's a bottom line so for them. It's bo- yeah, you're it's right. It's not about, am and I making is, a great movie? It's the bottom line. It's the bottom line. It's the buck. And so yeah. this could. what I'm also getting at, too, is that we could eventually see a lot of these guys, eventually, once, this is, once the dust settles and all this is done, we could also see a situation where a lot of these business guys might be forced out of their chairs. And maybe mm. these... Maybe there's some way that the studios reassess themselves and say, look, maybe we need to get people in these executive roles who have been in the movie industry, who have made the films, who have been the writers, the directors, the producers, the actors. And that would help with negotiations as well, because these execs, they are not trusted by the writers or the actors or the producers. And why should they be? You know, so when you have well, that much animosity with, on both sides of the table, who who do you trust? You're dealing with two different disciplines. I mean, you know, the, these yes. guys, the execs, are obviously the business side yes. of it, and yes. then the other, the writers and the actors are obviously, and the directors and all everybody else yes. is obviously more of the artistic side of things. You yes, know? exactly. And they've always been at odds, um, but. But yeah, I you know the other thing too, the other little uh, uh, monkey wrench here would be AI. AI is huge. What happens if if this is a big selling point? The studios are like, hey, you know what? We can't can't afford to pay these writers, so we're just going to depend on AI to write these scripts now. And then the writers are gone anyway. Yeah, yeah, Eric, that is not going to fly. They can mention that at a board meeting, but I guarantee you it's going to be shot down faster than a hot air balloon. You think so, though? The minute AI comes out of anybody's mouth, Eric, the, everyone's going to be against. But you it. don't have to. You don't even have to say you're using AI. But I mean, I'm sure they're talking about it behind the scenes and behind closed doors. Oh, no doubt, no doubt they are because yeah. AI is also a way for them to save money. Yeah, well, that exactly. You know, yeah. it's the ultimate way to save money. 
And so, yeah, I think the minute someone utters AI within a tenth of a second, they're going to say, all right, enough, shut up, let's go on to the next subject here. <laughs> well, and there, there's one more, and I know we're kind of running running up against it today uh, today on time, but there's one more, too. Uh, if you can go here, I, let me see if I can Yeah, find I'm it sorry. No, 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 that's okay. No. <laughs> I know, you're like, Give me that mouse back. I want the control. Give me the mouse yeah. now. <laughs> Give me the mouse. <laughs> uh, here's the other thing. Did you see okay. this? And I, I wanted your take on this. Yeah. Um, the guild. So basically, what's happened is California, wacky California, always only course, in California, only in California, for crying out loud. So in California, you know, we have unemployment benefits for people yes. who have lost their job. Right. That did not cover people who are striking. Right. Now in California, the assembly created a bill that covers striking workers, and it passed yes. in the assembly. Now, th- this obviously, th- this story is a little bit dated because uh, this is from the therap.com, yeah. but this is a little bit dated because actually I heard it also just passed the Senate, mm-hmm. and it's on Newsom's desk to sign right now. So all he has to do is sign it. This article spelled Newsom's last name wrong. There is no, e, is at, there is no e at the end of his last <laughs> Newsom. name. Newsom. <laughs> yeah, there is no E at the end of his last name. Yeah. Nice editorial work there, Ralph. But, but uh, well, yeah, there's probably AI doing it. <laughs> it probably is. Yeah, you know. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, so the point here being, though, is that how do you feel about writers and actors that are striking getting mm-hmm. unemployment benefits when they chose to strike, they chose to walk out? I mean, their union did. Now, maybe yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of dissension between the ranks. You know, some probably wanted to do it. Some are just doing it because they have to. Right. But what <clears throat> is your feeling about this? Do you think they should get unemployment benefits? No. For striking? Okay. No, Eric. You you just hit the nail on the head when you said this was their choice to walk out. Yeah. They Now, maybe they had a lot of pressure exerted on them by the WGA and its entity. All right. But it was their choice to walk out. They chose to go to bed one night and be content and happy with their jobs. And then they woke up the next morning and said, God dang the WGA all to hell in the industry or whatever. Let's go strike. Yeah. All right? They chose to do this. Yep. It's not like they were laid off. It's not like they were fired illegally. It's not like we're dealing with a, a harassment claim or anything like that where they need back pay or something for time lost. Eric, this was their choice. Yeah. All right? Yeah. I feel the same way you do. This I, was their choice. And what's happening here is that average, everyday, blue collar working Californians like you and myself are getting fleeced because of this. Well, yeah, we're going to pay. Right? We're going to pay for this. And, and here's yes. the thing, what they're asking for. I mean, I don't know the exact numbers. I know that that mm-hmm. in in their in their some of their strike information, it was they wanted like eight thousand dollars a week or something was a fair and comp. You know that uh, is baloney, man. But but that I mean, is bogus. Don't quote me on it. But I'd have to go back. Too and, late. I just did. <laughs> <laughs> don't quote me. I have to All go right. back. I have to go back and, and look up the official. Okay, numbers. Let, let's let's get hot in here. Let's yeah, simmer down yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I have to go back and look the official numbers. But I will say that yeah, they wanted this amount. So just what you're saying. I mean, I don't make eight thousand dollars a week. Do you make eight thousand dollars a week? I wish I made eight thousand dollars a week <laughs> I it wish. would be fun but um but but point being is that yeah so now we're gonna pay for these guys to be out on strike yeah i don't yes. i i really don't and that's why i was telling you earlier way <laughs> earlier in the show that i'm having a hard time with the strikers because it's just i know they're they're not doing this california is but it's just right. like one thing after another after another, another after that, another. that it's hard to say okay i understand where you guys are coming from and i agree with you and i mm-hmm. support you that's why i'm saying i'm on the fence yes. here i mean i understand they're you know i i do know they they, they probably need you know mm-hmm. some things that they're asking for but that's the whole idea of the strike right you go on strike mm-hmm. and basically you know your hunger and the uh, and the entities uh, the company's uh, need yes. to, to to start 
drumming up some profits because you're gone, you know, at some point that meets in the middle, you guys come to some agreement. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I said you're hungry, but I mean, you know, you know what I mean though? I mean, it's, it's you got to have some kind of motivation. I mean, exactly. you can't pay your bills. Exactly. I mean, you know, there's only so much, but with this, these guys can stay on strike forever. Yeah. Which could going back to what we we're just talking about AI, mm -hmm. the studios may be saying this is a good way to start trimming, you yes. know, trimming down some of the bloat in their, in their company, exactly. in their studio. Yeah. I mean, this could be actually works worse work out worse for the writers and the actors right a absolutely yeah. and i mean this this is going to have a, a ripple effect and it's going to affect our our local economy even our statewide economy even more more detrimental than what it's already been affected and the, the, what this is eric what this is is this is basically a victimology card that's being played here mm. by the state of california not by the strikers yeah. but by the state of california and this is the governor of the state of california again doing what he does never mind this is not a show about politics i'm going to stop before <laughs> well, i get he started hasn't, he i don't think he's signed it yet not yet he hasn't no and 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 if and if there's rumors that this guy may run for president he may not sign it now he he has surprised people in the past not very often but once in a great while he may not sign this we'll see but i'm i don't know who this if if they were trying to, i don't know if this is just virtue signaling on the state's part or if they're actually trying to keep the industry within because they've also got a problem california the, the industry of Hollywood is leaving because of the fact that mm -hmm. it's too expensive to, exactly. to be here. And so they're shooting in Vancouver. They're shooting all over the place. They're shooting in Georgia. They're yeah. shooting in Alabama. They're shooting in upstate. I don't know of any shows that are really shot here anymore, to be honest with you. Most, most of the time you no. hear that they're shot all over the place, a lot right. in Canada, believe it or not. A lot in Canada. Yeah. yeah, and then a lot, like you're saying, all over Georgia. So yeah. I, so I don't know if maybe this is they're trying to show that they support Hollywood and they just, I don't know what they're doing, you know, but I don't know. Anyway. Well, Eric, all I have to say to that is poop in one hand wishing the other and see which one fills first <laughs> all right okay hey, that's a good way to leave it <laughs> well definitely in fact talk about relief uh, oh man uh, we saved by the bell on this one temperature's it's getting a, hot here folks it's a bad it is a bad situation yes. i don't know what's gonna happen it's gonna be interesting it will and it doesn't seem like there's any end in sight no not uh, in the near well. future at least hey thanks for listening to the show please check yes. out our social media also uh like we say give the show a review if you can we appreciate it a thumbs up or or a, a, a five-star review if you enjoy it. That yep. helps our algorithm and helps the show. It does. Follow us on Facebook at Pardon the Intermission, on Twitter at PTI underscore podcast. All right, guys. Hey, take care out there, and we'll see you on the next one. God bless. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.